Hey everyone, this is Johnny Martinez, pastor of Restoration Church, and welcome to our podcast. We hope this podcast inspires you and encourages you as you seek to follow Jesus. We hope you enjoy the sermon. Hello everyone, we are so excited that you're here with us this morning on a very, very special day. Today is Mother's Day, so happy Mother's Day to all of the awesome moms out there. We are so thankful for you. We love you. You are so special to us. Uh, we can't thank you enough for all the sacrifice that uh, that you do for us. And so we are super, super thankful for you today. And uh, we pray that you would enjoy your day and that you would uh, just enjoy this year because it's not just Mother's Day that we're thankful for you. We are thankful for you each and every day. So thank you. Thank you. Happy Mother's Day to you all. Uh, we're going to continue in our series called I Am. And so if you have your Bibles, please look at John chapter 10, verse uh, 11, verses 11 through 21. John chapter 10, verses 11 through 21. We're going to continue in our I Am series this morning. So I encourage you to have your Bible. Uh, I'm I'm an old school kind of guy. I like a physical Bible. Uh, but if you're new school and all techy and digital, I'd encourage you to take out your phone on your, or your version Bible app. Uh, take, a, take some notes on your phone or if you like a, uh, if you have a, a physical journal or notebook that you have, I'd encourage you to take some notes. I really believe that God is going to speak to you this morning and encourage you um, and really build up your faith as we take a look at this passage. Let me just give you a brief uh, overview of this passage before we dive in. So this passage today that we're going to be looking at is a continuation of last week's message. And so let me just give you the context. So Jesus in chapter 9, uh, so chapter 9 and chapter 10 go hand in hand. In chapter 9, Jesus heals a man that was born blind. Uh, and so a- and so after Jesus healed this man that was born blind, he healed him. He actually healed him on the Sabbath. And so he was summoned to go see the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day. The Pharisees questioned the man. They did not believe that he was actually blind. Uh, They thought he was lying. Uh, They actually wanted the man to accuse Jesus of being a sinner by healing someone on the Sabbath. Uh, And so they just treated this man harshly. Uh, They treated him terribly uh, to the point where they actually threw him out. They kicked him out of the synagogue. They kicked him out of the Jewish community. Now, this is very, very important. So remember that we're going to come back to this at the end of the message. And so uh, they kick him out. And then Jesus hears about what just happened. He hears about the man that was thrown out. And so Jesus then goes and finds this man. He searches for this man. He finally finds him and and they have a conversation. Uh, The man places his faith in Jesus. Uh, And so as he's having this conversation with Jesus, uh, the Pharisees are around there. So they're listening in on this conversation. Then Jesus turns to the Pharisees and through a parable, through a story, he essentially calls them thieves and robbers. They were not shepherding the flock well. And so then they didn't understand that they were the thieves and robbers, not shepherding um, uh, the sheep well. So then Jesus says, well, you know, I, I am the door. I'm the 
the gate, speaking to the Pharisees, and those who enter through me will find eternal life and will find salvation. Uh, They still didn't get it, so Jesus continues to talk to these Pharisees, these religious leaders of the day, Uh, and this is what Jesus says to them in John chapter 10 verses 11 through 21. It says this, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I laid down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. The Jews who heard these words were again divided. Many of them said, he is a demon possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, these are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Let's just take a few minutes to pray and ask God to speak to us through this text this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We know that it is authoritative for our lives. It is useful, God, uh, to instruct us, uh, to encourage us, to comfort us, and to challenge us, God, to see who you really are, to behold your beauty, uh, your goodness. And so, God, I pray that through the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, you would illuminate us, you would shine the light in our hearts where our hearts need um, uh, some comfort or direction, or maybe there are things in our life that we need to change. God, illuminate this text. Help us understand it, but not understand it for simply knowledge's sake, but so that we can live and become more like you, Jesus. We thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. So as I was getting ready for this message, I was doing some study on sheep, and it was very interesting what I've found. Uh, I found a lot of interesting things about what sheep are like, and it's really not a good thing. It's not a good thing to be a sheep. I found nothing but really uh, mostly bad things about sheep. Uh, Sheep are defenseless creatures. If they are attacked by a wolf or anything like that, uh, by a predator, I mean, it's over. They're toast. I mean, they're defenseless. They're very vulnerable uh, sheep. They're very dependent on a shepherd. Um, And sheep are just 
prone to wander. They're fearful creatures. Um, it, it is said that, uh, that if a sheep um, wanders often, if, the, if a sheep wanders often, uh, what would happen back in the days is that a shepherd would actually break the legs of a sheep and they would the shepherd would put it on its back take it back to the to the sheepfold uh and then he would he, um, heal the legs of the sheep uh and what would happen is that the sheep would no longer stray anymore but would stay extremely close to the shepherd because it was prone to wander. Uh, we are like sheep. So how awesome is that? Is that we, if we wander, God's going to break our legs, man. That's kind of scary. You know, that's kind of weird, but way to, way to start a message right there that God's going to break our legs if we wander. Um, but sheep, sheep, sheep are not only vulnerable and defenseless, uh, and dependent and fearful and wander off and get into some trouble. Uh, sheep are actually pretty dumb. They're actually pretty dumb animals. Um, what what happens is if you put sheep in a pasture and you keep them there for a long time, they will eat all of the grass. I mean, all of the grass, and they will not stop eating. They'll eat all of the grass, and then they will continue eating to the point where they will eat each other's ex- uh, excrement, and they would eventually die. So they would die because they would not stop eating the pasture. They ate all of the grass. They eat each other's feces and they would eventually kill themselves. Sheep are not really smart animals. Again, just dumb and prone to wander and fenceless and fearful. And you and I, we're like sheep. Uh, A lot of times we are more defenseless than we think. We are more vulnerable than we think we are like shepherd where we are, we're like sheep in, in the sense of dependent uh, on something or someone else. We are prone to wander, right? We're prone to wander away from God, not towards God. Uh, we are sheep who sometimes make some really poor and dumb decisions in our lives. And so I believe that every sheep needs a shepherd, uh, whether that's uh, physically or spiritually. Uh, as, a phys- as a real sheep needs a shepherd, so do we. Every sheep needs a shepherd. And you and I, we need a shepherd. Uh, we need a shepherd. We, we really, really do. Uh, here's the good news. The good news is that we do have a shepherd. Uh, and he's not just a shepherd. He is the good shepherd. And I, that's what I really want dial to dial in today is the good shepherd. Uh, you see that Jesus calls himself the good shepherd. The word good means noble. It means excellent. It means beautiful. It means ideal. It means superior. That's who Jesus is. He's a good shepherd. And that's who we have in our lives. That's who we have in our lives to follow, to protect us, to care for us, to correct us is a good shepherd. So here's what I want to do today. I want to answer two questions. Number one, what makes the good shepherd good? Why is the good shepherd good? What makes him good? The second question is, is this shepherd, is this good shepherd worth following? So if you're taking notes, here's the first reason why the good shepherd is 
good. If you're taking notes, here's the first thing. The good shepherd dies for his sheep. The good shepherd dies for his sheep. In verse 11, we see that. The text tells us that the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Now, there's a very, very important word in this passage, and it's the preposition for. The preposition for is extremely important. Uh, this is what it means. The, the word for means um, for the benefit of, for the sake of, instead of, and in the place of. What this passage teaches here is the uh, substitutionary nature of Christ, the sacrifice of Christ, that he lays his life down uh, on our behalf. He is our substitute. Jesus didn't uh, lay down his life just to be an example for all people. He laid his life down to be a substitute for us. You see, we were the ones that were supposed to pay the penalty for our own sin, yet Jesus came to be our substitute, our substitute to pay the price for our sin, to bear the wrath of God um, on our behalf, and he took it upon himself. He was our substitute. Jesus is not like the hired hand in the text. You see the hired hand, when a wolf comes, he leaves, he abandons the sheep. Why? Because he doesn't care for the sheep. He doesn't own the sheep, but yet Jesus, the good shepherd, he doesn't abandon the sheep. He fights for them and he lays his life down for the sheep. Why? Because he owns the sheep. The hired hand doesn't own the sheep, but Jesus does. He owns the sheep and he cares for them. I mean, th think about this. Uh, when you go rent a car, um, you, I'm pretty sure you don't treat it like it's your own car, right? For whatever reason, when you rent a car, you treat it a lot different like if it was your own car. When you rent a car, you treat it like it's a NASCAR, like you're some somehow, some way now a NASCAR driver. Uh, but it's different, right? Because it's not our own. We, we rent it. But Jesus owns the sheep. He treats it, treats them differently. He's not like the hired hand. You see, the hired hand, their main focus is self-preservation. I'm not going to put my life down for the sheep. But the good shepherd, his main focus is self-sacrifice. You see, in the Old Testament, the sheep was always uh, the sacrifice for the shepherd. Always, always in the Old Testament. Testament. The sheep would always give their lives for the shepherd as a sacrifice. But in the New Testament, things reverse. Now the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. I mean, consider these verses, Matthew chapter 20, verse 28. Just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Galatians chapter 1, verse 4 who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 2, And walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. He is our substitute. 
He gave his life for ours. And I want to point something else out here in this passage. In verse 18, Jesus says this, No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I want to make something very, very clear here. That Jesus' life was not taken. No one took Jesus's life. The Roman soldiers did not take Jesus's life. The religious leaders of the day did not take his life. Jesus's life was not taken. It was given. He gave his life up willingly and voluntarily. Jesus's life was not taken. It was given. He gave his life for us. From a a human perspective, it seems like Jesus was a martyr. But from a divine perspective, it looks like Jesus was on a mission, on a mission to find his sheep, to die for his sheep, to save his sheep, to rescue his sheep. The good shepherd gave his life for you and I willingly and in our place. Martin Luther, one of the fathers of the Reformation says this, it's so powerful. He says, our most merciful father, seeing us to be oppressed and overwhelmed with the curse of the law, he sent his only son into the world and laid upon him all the sins of all men saying this. He says, you be Peter, the denier, speaking to Jesus, Paul, the persecutor, blasphemer and a cruel oppressor, David, the adulterer, the sinner who ate the apple in paradise, the thief who hung upon the cross. And briefly, you be the person who has committed the sins of all men. See therefore that you pay and satisfy for them. That when Jesus was on the cross, he in a way, died for the sins of Peter, the denier, Paul, the persecutor, uh, David, the adulterer, Johnny, the sinner. And he paid it on our behalf. He satisfied the wrath of the Father and paid for our sins. He was our substitute. Jesus died in our place. He died for us. The good shepherd died in our place. And so we can't come to the good shepherd the same anymore. That there's something that has to change in our heart, in our perspective, in our lives. When we really gaze upon the good shepherd and know that he died in our place, our hearts are melted and should be melted before the good shepherd. May our hearts explode with affection for him. May our jaws drop when we marvel on his goodness and his beauty. May our knees bend before the Lord in thanksgiving and gratitude. May we give him all of our best. May we seek him and serve him fully with everything that we have. Because he died for us. He was a substitute on our behalf. What makes the good shepherd good? That the good shepherd dies for his sheep. Reason number two, the good shepherd loves the sheep. In verse 14, the, Jesus says that, that the good shepherd knows his sheep and his sheep know him, just as the father and him know each other. 
Uh, and, and so this word to know means to know intimately, to love, to choose to love. And this word is actually used in the gospel of Matthew to represent the physical intimacy between a husband and a wife. It's a deep love. It's an intimate love. It's a deep knowledge of one another. And so what Jesus is saying is that the same intimate love and the same intimate knowledge that he has with the father, this deep love and deep knowledge. He also has with the sheep that, that the good shepherd knows his sheep intimately and deeply and genuinely. He knows the sheep. He loves the sheep. He chooses to love the sheep. It was not unusual for a shepherd in Jesus's day to give names uh, to their sheep. Uh, just as we would name our pets and our dogs, all of you dog parents out there that name your dog and, and love your dog. And so shepherds would give names to every single sheep that they had, every single sheep, no matter how many they had. And so in honor of Mother's Day, I want to use my mom as a uh, example or illustration. Uh, no one is safe in the Martinez household uh, for illustrations and examples. And so my mom, I love you, mom, but uh, here we go. Uh, so my mom, before uh, all of our lives, we she's never been a dog person. We've never had dogs. I still never had a dog. And we were just not dog people until about a year ago, my mom... Uh, she bought a dog uh, and she named her little, I don't even know what kind of dog it is, but it's really cute. Um, but my mom bought this dog and my mom named her Coco. And so now I have uh, a sister, a little doggy sister named Coco. And so my mom loves her. I mean, my mom spoils her. Uh, my mom buys her doggy dresses and gives her special food and, and, and she just spoils spoils her like crazy. She buys her like all of these toys. She bought her dog more toys than I ever had in my entire childhood. It's crazy. I'm not bitter about it. I'm just saying. And so she spoils uh, this dog. She knows uh, this dog. She knows when, when Coco is hungry. She knows when, when Coco needs to use the restroom or when Coco's sick or happy. Or, she just knows uh, this dog very in a special way. And uh, a few months ago, I was talking with her and, and she goes, man, Johnny, I'm going to be very, very sad the day that the Coco passes away. And I'm like, mom, what about me? Like, what about me? What, 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 when I pass away, are you going to be sad? You know, like, what about me? Uh, again, I'm not, I'm not bitter. I'm not, I'm not jealous. I'm just saying. But my mom loves this dog. She knows this dog. She named this dog. There's an intimate and loving relationship. Uh, she just loves and loves and loves this dog. Man, in, in the same way and really not in the same way, in just uh, an infinite way. The good shepherd names his sheep. He knows his sheep. He calls his sheep. He loves them with this deep and intimate love. Let me tell you something right now this morning. The good shepherd loves you deeply. He loves you relentlessly. He loves you intimately. He knows you. The good shepherd knows you by name. He doesn't know you 
generally. He knows you individually. He, he doesn't know you by just being a sheep in a pen and, and having just a number. He doesn't know you by number. He knows you by name. There's this idea uh, that I really believe, whether we notice it or not, that that a lot of us believers, those who are in Christ, believe that God is, is love and that God loves people. But we find it very difficult to believe that God, that Jesus actually loves us individually, that he loves Johnny specifically and personally. Yes, God is loving. God loves all people. But man, I don't know if God really loves me? Does he really know I exist? Am I just a number in his flock? Let me tell you something. No, God loves you specifically. God knows you by name. God loves you by name. He cares for you. He actually loves you personally. The good shepherd knows every detail about your life. Every single detail, God knows you. The good shepherd knows about you. He knows you intimately. And check this out. The good shepherd knows all of the bad in your life, in your heart, and in your mind. And yet he chooses to still love you and love you unconditionally. That is why he is the good shepherd. Because the good shepherd loves you even when he knows of all of this bad in your life. The good shepherd spoils you with overflowing, generous, lavish love. The good shepherd loves you even when you don't feel that you are worthy of love. He loves you. He knows you and he loves you intimately. And he desires more than anything to have an intimate relationship with you. And so I just want to encourage you, if you are in Christ, that you pursue the good shepherd, that you follow the good shepherd, that you remember that he paid the price for you, that he desires an intimate relationship with you, and that you pursue him with everything that you have. Reason number three, when the good shepherd is the good shepherd is that the good shepherd searches for the sheep. The good shepherd searches for the sheep. In, in verse 16, it says this. He says, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. He says, I must bring them also. Uh, remember when I told you that it was very important to remember about the blind man in chapter nine. Uh, remember he was healed by Jesus. He went to the Pharisees. They kicked him out. I mean, they threw him out like if he was just garbage. Yet Jesus goes and finds him. He searches for him. And this is what the text tells us in John chapter nine, verse 35. He says, Jesus heard that they had thrown him out. And when he found him, he said, do you believe in the son of man? When he found him, meaning that Jesus was searching for him, that he was looking for him, that he was searching to, to bring him into his sheepfold. Let me tell you this, that Jesus, based on this passage, the good shepherd is on a search and rescue mission for the sheep. He is relentlessly looking for his sheep, calling out in the streets for his sheep. 
this idea of Jesus searching for his sheep is one where a shepherd goes out to, to search for his sheep. And when he finds them, he calls them by name and it leads them to the flock. You see, Jesus has only one flock and he leads them to the flock and he searches and he searches with everything that he has for the sheep that are not yet in the fold, that are not yet in the flock. You see, when hired hands, hired hands don't go searching for the sheep. They abandon this. I don't care about them. But Jesus, he seeks and he saves those who are lost. Moms, parents, especially moms, let me ask you a question. Have you ever lost your child? Have you ever lost uh, one of your children at a store maybe? Have you ever lost a child? My guess is that your answer would be no. Absolutely not. My husband did, but I did it. I mean, that's just my guess. I don't know, but that's what I'm guessing that you would say. Uh, and let's just say for a minute, let's just say for a minute that you did lose. I know you would never lose one of your kids. You're too good of moms. But let's just say one day you lost your kid in the store uh, and you can't find little Susie anywhere. And what happens next? I mean, you panic, you freak out, you start going to the last place that you saw her. You're searching through the aisles. You're asking people, you don't care who's there. You're just running through the aisles, trying to search for little Susie. And, and, and so you go to the toy section and, and, and she's not there. And you're just panicking, you're running, your heart's racing. You will do at this point anything to get little Susie back. And then finally, you're searching through the clothes and, and, and you're calling her by name. You're calling Susie by name. And then she finally responds and you hear her voice. And, and little Susie is under or inside of a clothing rack and you pull back the clothing. And there she is. And you grab her like you've never grabbed her before. You grab her tight so that she, you can never lose her. Man, in the same way that you would search for a lost child is the same way that Jesus searches for you, for me, for those who are lost, for those who are not in Christ. That relentless search. You see, the good shepherd has been on a relentless pursuit for you. He has. He's been seeking you out. He's been calling in the streets for you. He has been chasing you down, not to condemn you, not to punish you, but to love you, to lead you, to guide you, to comfort you, to know you personally and intimately, to bring you into his flock and give you eternal life. You might be asking, well, how has God been searching for me? How has the good shepherd been looking for me? There's, how has the good shepherd been calling me? Has he really? I would argue yes. Uh, today, if you are watching this service, God is calling you through me, saying, come, come, come and follow me. God is speaking to you right now. If you are not in Christ, if you are not a part of his flock, if you never place your faith in Christ, he's calling you 
right now. He's searching for you right now. Maybe you have family or friends that have invited you to church or to a church event or to a small group. That's one way that God has been trying to search for you is through the people in your life. He's been trying to get your attention, uh, maybe through the blessings in your life, that God blesses you abundantly and graciously. And, and those blessings are for, for, for you to take your eye off the blessing and, and put your eyes on the one who gives the blessing. And he's been trying to bless you and get your attention so that you can draw closer to him through creation. The, 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 the text, the Bible tells us that the heavens declare the glory of God, that, that through creation, we can, we can know that God exists. And even through his creation, he's been saying, hello, I exist. I'm God. I love you. I want you. I need you. I want to love you. Come and follow me. Maybe there's an inner longing in your heart for something more, for something bigger. That is God's way of saying, come to me, come to the good shepherd. I'm searching after you. I want you. Uh, I love you. He's always looking for you. He has a relentless pursuit for you and upon your life. So what can we conclude then? about the good shepherd. The good shepherd dies for his sheep. The good shepherd loves his sheep and the good shepherd searches relentlessly for his sheep. And so we could conclude that yes, that the good shepherd has earned the right and has earned the title good shepherd because he is good. And is he worth a shepherd to follow? I believe so. I believe he is a shepherd worthy of us following and loving and worshiping. So what is our response to him? You see, there's only two responses. It's either to follow him or not to follow him. Uh, in, in, in chapter, uh, at, the, at the very end of this chapter, uh, the people were divided after Jesus said these things. Some said, no, he's a demon possessed man. He's going crazy. He's talking all this crazy talk. Other people said, you know what? A demon possessed man can't heal the blind man. There's gotta be something different about him. So there's always, there's always two types of people here. Listen, there's only two types of people in this world. Those who are of the sheepfold of Jesus or those who are outside and are uh, from a different sheepfold, from a different shepherd, someone who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That, there's, there's only two types of people in this world. That, that's all it comes down to. That's how simple it is. Are you choosing to follow the good shepherd or not follow the good shepherd? My encouragement, my hope, my prayer, my desire is that you would follow the good shepherd because he's died on your behalf. He loves you greatly and he is searching for you. He is the good shepherd and worthy of following. I wanna close this morning in a different way. What I, what I want us to do is I want us to read together and recite together the 23rd Psalm. I believe many of us need to hear these promises and need to hear these words. We're going to have the words on the screen and right where you are, in your home, in your living room, at your coffee table, at work, wherever you are, recite with me 
these words. Man, there's power in the word of God and in the promises of God. Let's recite Psalm 23 together this morning. There's no rush at all as we recite this together. May the word of the Lord, may the word of God uh, enrich your soul, comfort your soul, bring great joy um, to your soul this morning. Here we go. It says this, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you because you are good and you are faithful. Thank you for sending the good shepherd, your one and only son, Jesus, down the cross for us. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for us, for being our substitute. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us unconditionally, for loving us as we are, for loving us with a deep, an intimate love. Thank you for searching for us, not leaving us lost, but bringing us in and finding us and calling us by name. God, we thank you because you are the good shepherd. You are noble and good and excellent, superior to all other shepherds. You are the good shepherd. We place our faith and our trust in you and we commit to following you. We commit to worshiping you with our lives out of an attitude of gratitude, out of the grace that we have received, God. We thank you. Your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. Without you, this ministry would not be possible. And if you feel led to give, please use the link below as we seek to make a difference in people's lives. Also, please make sure to share this podcast with your friends and your family so they can be encouraged and inspired as they seek Jesus. Again, thank you so much for listening.